Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm underrated. And today it is the end of Transformers Animated. It is our series wrap-up. That's right. We're going to do all our least favorite and favorite most things from this show. Uh, mm. It was an interesting show, and we always start off with the least favorite. Paul, who was your least favorite Decepticon? Least favorite Decepticon? Uh, I went with none of them, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Soundwave, but uh, dishonorable mention to Stryka, if she even counts. Like, why would they throw in such an obscure character Like, that wasn't even a good character in Beast Machines? Like, they could have brought in... Somebody else like Thundercracker or Skywarp. Yeah, Thundercracker would have been nice. It 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 feels like just when well, there's so many little in jokes and winks and nods in this show, I think Striker was just that. Yeah. Plus they showed Cyclonus, but they didn't do anything with him. He was just there and then gone. Like, oh man. Yeah, Tease. yeah. They were it was Cyclonus in name only. Um but yeah, Soundwave, I, I get it. Um he was my second choice just because well, we'll get to my first choice, but he was, I, I mean, I agree with you. There was nothing I liked about this sound wave. No, he he was not our sound wave. No, no, no. The, <laughs> like he, he wasn't the G1 one and he certainly wasn't the prime one. No. Um, Almost Human was like a neat two-parter, but yeah, just meh. Yeah. Uh, my choice was Shockwave. Uh, sounds similar, but Shockwave was a bigger, um, voiced by Corey Burton, we should say. I don't know who voiced Soundwave, do you know? Yeah, it was Corey Burton. Oh, was oh it Soundwave. Oh, uh, Soundwave, I have no idea, sorry, but yeah, Shockwave, definitely. Corey Corey Burton, yeah. Um, Shockwave, because he was so integral to the story, it kind of annoyed me that he did such a horrible job at concealing his true identity. (laughs) He's just just lucky that Autobot High Command is full of morons. Um, But he also produced, like, no results. He lost access to all the space bridges. He couldn't kill Magnus. He let the Autobots regain control of uh, Omega Supreme on the moon. He just... It was a lot of talk and not a lot of results with him. Nope, he did not get anything done. Not really. Uh, who's your least favorite Autobot, Paul? Least favorite Autobot? Well, it's kind of a, a two-part answer. It's Jetstorm and Jetfire because no, you, you really they, didn't they like were them. just ridiculous. Like They're the only ones that talk like that, and they never explain why. Like, are they from a different country on Cybertron? I mean, it's a it's a world, right? It might be a different world. They could have explained that, but they never did. It's just... Yeah, ac- let's, like, accents in Transformers makes no sense at all, ever. Like, whether it's a Latino accent or a Scottish accent or what, any any accent, it doesn't make sense. It never does. It's like Tri-Track and GoBots with the Irish accent. <laughs> Where's my potato? Yeah. yeah. They were, uh, they yeah, they did annoy me. They were cringe. Um, the, they and I didn't. I don't think they took advantage of their team up thing enough. Where I can't remember the name of the other transformer. They safeguard. Became. I think safeguard, it was called. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think they mentioned it on the show. We had to look it up on the wiki. I think. Um, my least favorite Autobot was it was Sentinel Prime. Who else would it be? Um, fun <laughs> he fact here. So it was voiced by a dude named Townsend Coleman. Oh who man, had two roles. <laughs> I recognize the name. Yeah, in G one, he played uh, Rewind, and he also played Martin, one of the the boys from BOT. Well, the, the first name that comes to mind when I hear Townsend Coleman is Michelangelo from the ni- or the late '80s, early '90s Turtles. Uh, but but to get back to Sentinel Prime, um, he's just he's arrogant and stupid beyond the point of reason. <laughs> That's it. But he he's he's that character though. I think. Yes, the... but he's cranked up to an unnecessary eleven. Yeah. Yeah. There was that moment in uh, Predacons Rising 
where there, he could have had some kind of growth. Mm-hmm. And that potential was squandered by somebody we'll get to in a little bit. Um, <laughs> Paul, who is your least favorite human? Uh, I went with all of them. No, not all of them. Uh, still Headmaster. I really did not like Headmaster. Like this, it was annoying. This stupid way he talked and this goofy looking triangular face and... The way he's like, oh, it's everything I wanted when he gets Sari's bedroom for his lab. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, he was annoying. Again, he was like that gamer hacksaw thing cranked up to 11 unnecessarily. Uh, and, and annoying. I I can appreciate that. Um, he was also written in every time by somebody who we'll get to in a bit. But um, <laughs> I went with Sari um, comparatively with Soundwave Shockwave thing. Like, I, I'll agree with you that that um, Headmaster was the most annoying human, but to me, sorry on a grander scale because she was so pivotal to the story, her pointlessness just uh, made it a waste of time. Also, she we I will say that she's voiced by Tara Strong, who is a Canadian girl. Woo-woo! Oh, yeah. And uh, does, I think, every single female voice in every cartoon ever. Yep. <laughs> Undeniably talented actor. <laughs> but yeah, sorry was just, she was putting the show so that the kids it was aimed at would have somebody to connect with. I think so, yeah. If nothing else, I guess she literally did a little bit of growing up. But anyway, she, she didn't learn anything. It's still an eight-year-old and now, what, what a 14-year-old girl's body. Yeah, and I, I get... At the end, they tried to have that moment where she was like, I got to go do my own thing, Dad. Yeah, but she's just 100% unnecessary because they never once really addressed the issue of why doesn't somebody take that fucking key away from that kid? And I get that. <laughs> I now understand the, the key saw that she was some transorganic whatever, but it was still it felt forced. Uh, let's get to our least favorite writer, who's Michael Ryan. Paul, why was your least favorite writer, Michael Ryan? <laughs> He got dishonorable mention because I, I knew you were going to pick him. So wait, I knew we were going to talk about him, but I went with Todd Casey. Uh, he's the one that wrote Where Is Thy Sting as well as the, the Home Alone episode. And that, that one was kind of fucking dumb too. Yeah, yeah. Where Is Thy Sting is going to be my, my least favorite episode spoiler. but So I can totally appreciate that. He wrote people in what I would call Sentinel Prime stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did the one where they were out in the woods too, wasn't it? The... Oh, the uh, nature calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think yeah, you mentioned it before. He has never gone camping. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which is just like do a little bit of research, dude. Um, my least favorite writer was yeah, it was Michael Ryan. <laughs> um, all the headmaster stuff and and Sentinel being a douche, um, like auto boot camp and Decepticon Air, all written by Michael Ryan. Every every episode he wrote annoyed me. But it, he did not write my least favorite episode, which was Where Is Thy Sting? Um, and yeah, I think you said it's like it's been done before. It's been done better. Uh, but Paul, what was your least favorite episode? It's Where Is Thy Sting? It, it was just <laughs> stupid. Like you pointed out, why is nobody questioning why his eyes are purple? And he's like trying to paint himself with mustard. <laughs> oh, and just th- oh. that. Yeah, every, everybody was dumb in it. And it was it's been done before and done better. Yeah. Uh, OK, that's enough of the bad stuff. Let's get to the good stuff, Paul. Who was your favorite Decepticon? I went, usually I go Megatron on these things. This time I didn't. I, I don't hate him by any means, but no, I went Black Arachnia. Okay. And I wish they'd have given her a less vague ending. Like She's such a tragic character, and she doesn't seem to realize that apart from Sentinel, neither the Decepticons nor the Autobots give a shit that she's half organic. Like, oh, you want to hang out with us? Come on, join the team. It's great. Like The only one that seems to have the biggest problem with her besides Sentinel is her. And all the shit she goes through to try and 
fix herself, I guess. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the beauty of her character is that she's her she's her own worst enemy, mm. and that she's dealing with trauma. That she, you know, on a greater level, if you actually got into this story as a whole, so many of these characters are dealing with some level of emotional trauma, and they're shutting themselves off. Black Arachnia does. Uh, Wasp is just desperate for friends. Sentinel Prime has lost people, and he's closed off. There's so much emotional trauma, and she was kind of the only character where they really started to to open that up and peel it back. Yeah. Plus she was voiced by Cree Summer. It was nice to hear her voice again. Mm. Uh, my my favorite Decepticon was Starscream, uh, voiced <laughs> by Tom Kenny, who's, you know, SpongeBob. He I just I looked at the wiki. And dear listener, now that Paul and I do the wrap up, we will go in and like look at the wiki and look yeah. at names and see who did what. We try to avoid it as much as possible before, uh, while we're watching the show. But um he did like Tom Kenny did like 20 plus voices in this cartoon. A lot of them are incidentals and on the side, but um, he also did Skids and Wheelie in uh, the Transformers, Uh, uh, the Michael Bay movies. (laughs) Uh, He had like legitimate character progression. There was real character progression in his story throughout all three seasons. And it always made sense when Megatron would like let him into the circle. There's so much Transformers where like Megatron, why are you letting Starscream do this mission for you when you know he's going to stab you in the back. Yeah, like and, G1 stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In in this series, it made sense that, you know, Megatron knew Starscream was a risk, but would bring him in, and Starscream always had a, a little plan up his sleeve. I kind of liked him, and his death was really good and really dark. Oh, yeah. Just the end of it where it's pulling the thing right out of his head, and it's like shaking and pop, it comes out, and he just turns gray, and that's it. He's dead. Finally. Yeah, he had like his soul sucked out of his body and, and yeah. physically. It was very cool. Um, okay, Autobots, Paul. Who is your favorite Autobot? I went with Ratchet. In oh, fact, I'd put him wow, pretty close to Prime Ratchet. I mean, Prowl is a decent character, but with Prowl, it's, he doesn't seem to learn more. We learn a lot more about him than it seems that Prowl learns in the show. Like, well, why oh, was he freaking out point. about the... Uh, uh, the liquid metal bodies. You say that, and he just leaves the room. It's like, well, what was with that? Eventually, we find out why. But with Ratchet, he actually makes some progress. Like he goes from finding humans you know, disgusting and revolting. Oh, don't touch that! And and then he admits he's grown rather fond of having Sari around. And he's stuck in the past. He's not a perfect character, but in, he has his own ways of doing things. But he learns and admits there are better ways of doing things. Maybe the old ways aren't always better. Yeah, that's well. That's well put. That made me really rethink my choice, honestly. Um, but Ratchet, yeah, he does definitely grow. He learns to not... I mean, he's still a crumb bum by the end, but he at least listens to people. And and you do get to see his loss, too. And the, the whole Omega Supreme thing always felt a little forced, but I'm really glad they brought back RC. Oh, yeah. And, and like you know, let him find some resolution there. Um, my favorite Autobot was going to be Prowl. Oh, he's still an awesome character. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but now now you've made a really good point that he never actually grows. We just, through flashback, find out why he's a dick. Um, <laughs> and and I, think, I think we even talked about this. I can't remember what episode, but we talked about the idea that, you know, he's always teaching B to be calm like the ninja or yeah. teaching Bulk to be graceful like the ninja, but nobody ever teaches him how to be different yeah like bumblebee never teaches them how to you know lighten up a little bit have some fun or yeah, try it, i yeah. guess when they were camping and then bulkhead i mean prowl's not that big an autobot you really can't teach him to be that much of a bruiser plus he's a 
he's a technical agile guy, right? He, he, yeah, he's not a big... even they had the, the episode where Bulk started painting, which I, I wonder if that's going to start to be like a a thing that has to happen in every series now. Because <laughs> they uh, didn't prime too, yeah. Yeah, um, but Bulkhead does his painting. They could have had an episode where Bulkhead teaches Prowl not just to enjoy nature, but to enjoy the art that mankind can make. So I don't know. They they could have done that. So you know what? Fuck it, Prowl. I'm going with Perceptor just because of the voice. The voice is pretty cool. <laughs> that oh. was a good touch. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite human? It's still Captain Fanzone. And I, hey, I, we finally agree. I, I kind of wanted to say sorry, though, honestly, because she literally did a lot of growing up in season three and she wasn't quite as annoying, but they did take her too far and she just turned into a fucking know-it-all. So like, I wanted to like that character a lot more than I liked that character. So I, I stuck with Captain Fanzone. <laughs> he, he was just an awesome character. Yeah. I, I should correct myself. We agreed on where's thy stink, but yeah, you're right. He's super fun. Um, his hate. Okay. The whole hatred of machines is absolutely a one trick pony, but it worked most times. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the accent, the whole Dan- Danish French, just a general voice. Eh, fuck you. That kind of indifference. It, it was just a fun character. <laughs> yeah. And the mustache and everything. Um, yeah. Although one of the many characters who they didn't bring back uh, into the, um, into the series finale, which I would have liked. Um, I, I do want to say that uh, Prowl, my initial favorite Autobot and fan zone, are def- uh, voiced by the same guy, Jeff Bennett, who also did, uh, he did, he. oh, oh, that, that's in my notes. He did Soundwave. There we oh, go. Okay. <laughs> if you go back to the beginning of the episode, wait, we'll wait. Okay, welcome back. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Um, Soundwave was voiced by Jeff Bennett. And uh, he did uh, Ultra Magnus and Mixmaster, too. Anyway, um, Paul, who is your favorite writer? I went with Andrew Robinson. Hey, me too. All three of his episodes are awesome. I figured you were going to go Rich Vogel or, or Marty Eisenberg, but uh, also very good writers. But yeah, all three of his episodes are awesome shows. They all feature lockdown, so I'm not sure why I didn't pick him as a favorite event. Well, I guess he, he even says, I'm not with them. I'm not a Decepticon, so I guess couldn't pick him. But yeah, they all have him. They're all heavy on Prowl, like his uh, Five Service of Doom and A uh, Fistful of Energon is a damn good episode. And then even way back in season one, I think it's Survival of the Fittest is the one he wrote. Yeah. He, to, except that one's a ratchet and lockdown episode. But yeah, it's a it's a good show. I would count, I mean, to sidetrack here for a bit, I'd count Lockdown as a Decepticon just because he lacks the morals. Yeah. Uh, kind of like I'd count Swindle as a Decepticon. Yeah. Um, but Lockdown's almost more of just a, a story device than he is a real character. Yeah, plus he has that ching, 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 ching music. <laughs> I mean, he's he's very cliche, and you and you never learn anything about him except oh, he he was also a cyber ninja once. <laughs> he has the had his thing removed, and Prowl's like, oh, is that spot for me? Oh no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's for lockdown, and we'd rather keep it empty than give it to you. Um, but yeah, Andrew Robinson uh, consistently delivered a quality product. Um, they were all solid episodes. I will say that none of the episodes he wrote were my favorite episode, uh, which was Predacons Rising. That is a damn good episode. And if I had to pick just season three, that is what it would be. But I'll let you take it from there on that episode for now. Okay. Well, um, yeah, it was, I mean, the ca- I, I don't know if casting isn't the right word, but bringing in Dottilio and Ford to write it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it progressed a lot of character plot going back to Black Arachnia. And it that was the moment where I was like, oh, my God, I feel some sympathy 
Dorothy for Sentinel Prime. I can't wait to see what they do. Oh, Michael Ryan's next. <laughs> Set it up and swing and a miss. Yep, oh, yes. Nothing. Swing and a miss. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a perfect episode. And it even had that cheesy little ending of the, I'm, I'm assuming, Maximals looking at Black Arachnia. That was mwah, chef's kiss perfect. Oh, well, and then uh, you even mentioned it. You can tell it's Larry's Italian and Bob Ford because Waspinator ends up in a million pieces <laughs> pulling himself back together. That was, that was good stuff. Was good I stuff. totally missed that when I watched it. And then when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, my God, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did it. Um, so, Paul, what was your favorite episode? My favorite episode is uh, it's what I went with last time. It's still a fistful of energy on. Okay. It's a solid that's episode. It's just a really good episode. I, I don't know. I just really, really liked it. it it's the drugs are bad episode, but uh, which is, uh, kind of brings up another thing. Eventually, Prowl gets back to having all the upgrades again anyway. So, like, what? But I don't know. I, I liked it. I don't know. That almost goes back to Prowl's lack of uh, evolution as a character is that he never. I, I think we, we talked about this in the last uh, episode when he, he sacrificed himself, is that he never had this this character arc of, I need to, you know, I've done bad things. I need to make the sacrifice or, or yeah. a reason why he would sacrifice his life at the end. And, and on that same trajectory, we never really got to see him evolve to be the better fighter so that, you know, what was it that Yokotron said that it's not the gear or the equipment, it's the fighter underneath. Yeah. It's, it's the cyber ninja within and not his weapons that determine yeah. his, uh, whatever it was. His, I want to say worth, but that's not quite the right word, but, uh, but we, we never saw him become power. the, yeah, we never saw him become the, the fighter within to, to justify getting into all, all that back again. Or even like the, the student has finally learned all the lessons and now he has become the master kind of thing. And now Pr- Prowl is the new master Yokotron and he's, you know, in charge of the cyber ninja things on Cybertron now that it's peacetime again. Exactly. This is why Maybe. I never liked Prowl. I was always a big Perceptor fan. Always from the very <laughs> beginning. Huge Perceptor fan. But yeah, Fistful of Energon, solid episode. I love a good Clint Eastwood movie. So, I mean, that's there were there were enough homages, I guess. Not even homages, but it just had the same vibe of that show. Of, yeah. Although Lockdown would have been Clint Eastwood's man with no name. But whatever. This is our, I don't know, what, 19th Transformers series by now? I'm not keeping track. Uh, What do you you think? Oh, here, before we get into this, I want to tell you something I found out doing my little research. Um, There was a planned fourth season that would have involved, get this, um, Eisenberg was, the the idea was that Black Arachne was going to become the main villain on Cybertron, uh, creating an army of techno-organics, which would have been really cool. And then the 2007 movie came out and Hasbro was like, no, put in Megatron. (laughs) So they had this idea of like Megatron escaping his trial and returning to Earth for some kind of new... Uh, uh, techno-organic Energon thing and uh, I looked at a couple screenshots and all the Autobots had new paint jobs to make them look like like Ratchet was suddenly green Auto <laughs> Optimus had flames Bumblebee had racing stripes so it was just okay <laughs> but it got cancelled because Hasbro launched their own network called The Hub which is now failed and I think that became like part of Disney family. Oh. So that, oh, and here was the other neat fact. Do you remember that kid that we were always looking at going, so is that Daniel Witwicky right there? It yeah. was Daniel Witwicky. <laughs> and guess who voiced him? Did he ever even talk? Oh yeah. He, Cause he yells at least once, but I have no idea who would have voiced him. Tara Strong. <laughs> of course. Right. Of course. Well, yeah. Then again, I mean, Nancy Cartwright does bar, right? On, on the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, that's enough of the little factoids I looked up. Um, yeah, so what'd you think of Animated on the whole, Paul? Uh, it was a very, very entertaining show. I would definitely go back and watch. I, w- I wouldn't binge watch through the whole series again, but I would definitely go back and watch some other episodes. It, it, it's a really good show. It, it's, it doesn't have the 
I don't say gravitas is probably not the right word of prime. Nothing. I don't think ever it will. No, yeah, but, nothing. But uh, no. it's it's a very entertaining show. It's it's a lot funnier than than prime and definitely more than G one. Oh yeah, it definitely takes itself lightly. Mm. It I I respect it for doing its own thing. They they at no point did they get bogged down by the lore. They did whatever they wanted, and yep. it was fresh and new. And I I, I really did like that. It at times I felt that this show was fifty fifty. So like it was either a really fun episode that I loved, yep. or it was a mess. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I would go back and watch it. I don't. What what would I say? I would before I would watch this again. I would definitely watch G one. Definitely watch Prime. That's that's a no brainer. I think I might watch some of GoBots and Beast Wars before I would watch animated again. Oh, wow. I would definitely watch it before Beast Machines. Oh, okay. I was going to say, please don't tell me you'd put it below that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, that was just, yeah, that was a weird show. I'm glad I watched it. Dear listener, if you haven't watched it, you should, and it's on Tubi, but yeah, I don't know. That there's If I went back, there's probably, I'm going to just off the top of my head say five or six episodes I'd, I'd like to watch again. Yeah. It seems like all they did when that show was run away from stuff. Yeah, but again, that was kind of the, that was one of the really nice things I liked was that they were just like low rank Autobots. They really couldn't, there was how many episodes where there were like one Decepticon would show up and that was a very big problem. Yeah, it's true. So I, I like, I like that aspect i like that it did its own thing and here's another thing i liked all the little nods the winks and the nods weird al voice casting yes. you remember there was one episode where it was like creme zeke something yeah he was uh, one of the, the oil companies was the was slag i think uh, yeah sludge was on the cover of the sludge was on the, yeah yeah of whatever the oil company was called yeah i think it was just called fossil fuels <laughs> <laughs> clever name um okay here's a question for you paul uh, so we, what we have, we have, um, Beast Wars and Beast Machines. We just did animated. There's GoBots, Prime, and G1. If you had to rank them from best to worst. Oh, wow. And this is like, I get that I'm asking you this top, off the top of your head. Best? Uh, oh, I'm going to get shit for this. I'm going to say Prime would be, be best to worst? Best to worst, yeah. Okay. A Prime, uh, G1, <laughs> then animated. Okay. Uh, then I would probably say... Beast Wars, GoBots, Beast Machines. Okay, okay. So I would, <laughs> I can respect putting Prime first. Just the whole. It was just a really well done show. Yeah, just the whole nostalgia of G One. I, I have to put that first because yeah. I can just watch that it's show and feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> um, but Prime is definitely number two for me. As for the quality of the show, it's the best. Yeah, I, I would put GoBots third again, just because of the nostalgia. And I would, and it would be like. I put 15 episodes of the GoBots. Yes, there. I was about to say your your reader digest for reader's digest version. Yeah, the, yeah, the short 15. <laughs> um, then I would go Beast Wars, I think, and then animated, maybe animated Beast Wars. I just liked the. Uh, I know Beast Wars like went zany at times, but I liked that they had this grand story about the future of mankind. That was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Beast Machines way at the ass end. <laughs> Uh, so, dear listener, I, I think we mentioned it on this show. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. We're going to do Armada next, which means that after that we do Energon, and after that we do Cybertron. So that's going to be the next 150-plus <laughs> wrap-up episodes we're going to do. It's going to be a lot, and I hope you stick with us for that. Yeah, it's going to be a long haul. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious. I've never watched that series. Paul, have you seen any of it? Uh, just the very first episode, because I, I knew we were going to do it. I'm like, yeah, let's just see what it's like. But... Uh... 
But no, other than that, I've never seen a single episode of that show. Yeah, I've only watched probably the first 10 minutes of that uh, first episode. I was like, okay, I, I, I see the characters. I, I get the feel of the show. I've never been a huge fan of anime. There's never been like an anime series I've followed. So this is my kind of my first foray into that. Because as I understand, it was like created for a Japanese audience and then dubbed over into uh, North America. See, I was a huge Robotech fan in the in the mid to late eighties. Yeah, you so were, um, it, it looks enough like the the Macross kind of era animation of that, or even some somewhat of the most beautiful one. Not so much Southern Cross in the middle, but but yeah, I think it's going to be a good show from what I've seen so far. Yeah, hey, don't forget, I've got the, I've got a DVD of uh, Headmasters, and <laughs> we're going to do that eventually. Which I I'm pretty sure that whole thing is just uh, subtitle. Like, there's the English dub; it doesn't exist anymore. So, oh wow. Uh, yeah, if, if you if you think uh, Armada is going to be tricky, wait till we get to Headmasters someday down the road. I honestly figure we'll end up doing like the the Netflix uh, War for Cybertron series before we do Headmasters. That's a yeah a deep pull that episode. Um, I just read about Transformers Bot Bots, and that made me want to like roll my eyes into the back of my skull. <laughs> Google it, dear listener. If you don't know about it, oh my God, it's like bad marketing. But um, okay, if you want to see some bad marketing, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at pmacperson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends. Tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Paul, we forgot to tell uh, the listeners, uh, dear listener, we're we're going to take a break, as yep. we usually do after a series. Uh, we're going to come back on July 18th. That's a Monday. Yeah, so we'll talk to you then.